Hello, it's the year 2024, and I'm here to tell you that we're doing a live 100th episode, August the 3rd, at Comedy Republic in Melbourne. It's going to be so much fun. Tickets are going quick, so grab them now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and to celebrate our first birthday, our guests this week are returning from episode one. It's Saran Jayamana, Jess Perkins, and Dave Warnicky. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to the pod. Knew it. With Matt Stewart. Can you believe it's been a year? I've missed you guys. And the best part about it is we're back on the couch. Yes. We recorded the first ever episode on the couch. Yeah, that's but in, true. Uh, in Sydney. Mm. On the couch, yeah, with Mike Sheehan and <laughs> old football show, Jess. I, I got the reference for sure. Well, I said it to you, but I was really saying it to America. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think of Jess as America? I think of Jess as America. <laughs> when I think of Jess, I think America. <laughs> I think the Big Apple. I think La La Land. Yes, yes. All of those things are me. Oh. Um, what a pleasure to be back a year later. Yeah, you've covered so many topics, so many episodes. Congratulations to you, Matt. Thanks so much. They said we'd never do it. <laughs> they, honestly, they said you shouldn't. Yeah, we were saying that on the first ever yeah, episode. Yeah, we said stop, don't, but you persevered. Matt, that's actually why we've called this meeting today. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is an intervention. Yeah, if there's okay. one thing this I'd say it? about yeah. you, it's persistent. Yeah, mm. man, you got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the score from that first episode. Uh, Seren on zero points. <laughs> A score that I managed to maintain for many more episodes. Yeah. Many more. You've never, never scored. <laughs> but it, this was one of the rare times the house won episode one because the house is now on a losing streak going back, I think, 13 episodes. Really? Yeah. Well, we're going to wow. wreck that today. Well, so, do you, does it say what Jess and I were on? Because uh, I can't remember either. Dave was on four. Jess was on 11. The house on 12. That has got to be yeah. my Whoa. highest score ever. 11 so and losing feels like a real slap. But this was also... The first episode was the one where Seren had the answer about like a, a barber. <laughs> yes. That barber I, Ian. Barber Ian. Barber <laughs> Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and that was yeah, maybe one of the hardest I've ever laughed. Yeah, the time barbarians. Yes. Barber Ian. That's a good memory. Fuck. Well, it was a very good joke. It, it, I finally, I was like, now I get the appeal of Seren. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I didn't get it before that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember you saying, because we, we recorded in the hotel we were staying in mm. up in Sydney, and I said, oh, Seren's coming over to this podcast. And he said, why? I, was like, <laughs> I don't understand why. Do we need someone to operate the faders? Or? <laughs> There's so much pressure on me right now. <laughs> Come up with some sort of Barber Ian level gold. <laughs> Again, back it up. <laughs> All right, so the way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. The first question comes from listener Ashley Botkin from Richmond, Virginia in the United States, uh, which according to Ashley, and I have no reason to doubt them, mm-hmm. it's home of the Flying Squirrels baseball team. Ah. Go Squirrels. Go Squirrels. 
Go squirrels. Hope you're having a good... Oh, sorry. <laughs> you think of Jess, you think of America. Yeah. <laughs> squirrels. squirrels. Ashley Botkin was saying, what is he saying? I'm also imagining... Squirrels. Not squirrels, like, flying through there themselves, but they're all flying little mini biplanes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all fighter the, pilot they aces. They got the goggles. The goggles. Yeah. <laughs> that is. All killed, how many do you have to kill, Dave, to get to be an ace? I think five. Five. They've all killed five. at least five other squirrels. It's <laughs> <laughs> very cute. <laughs> Uh, so Ashley's question is, what is the definition of snarge? Snarge. <laughs> Which is such a fantastic word. How are we smelling word. snarge? S-N-A-R-G-E. Snarge. Snarge. And while they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant, and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house, and I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question, and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to three points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house, and the house always wins. Though, if you've listened to the previous 12 or so episodes, you realise that isn't really often the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. Alright, the answers are in for question number one. What is the definition of snarge? The build-up of oil and grime on gears in a ship's engine? Snarge. Snarge. Oh, jeez. Mm. The snarge is really building up. Yeah, somebody, somebody's <laughs> got to do something about the snarge. Well, we might have to call a guy in. The snarge guy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the guy, snarge guy's name? Yeah. You got his number? I think maybe you could almost say that for every answer. Oh, I've got to do something about this snarge. <laughs> <laughs> the remains of a bird after it has collided with an aeroplane, especially with a turbine engine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got to do something about this snarge. <laughs> We've got to get the snarge guy in. <laughs> A defence agreement between the governments of Senegal and Argentina, focusing especially on their shared interests in the South Atlantic Ocean. Wow. Okay. A portmanteau of playing snooker on a barge. <laughs> oh, we got to do something about this snarge. Everyone's having too much fun. <laughs> the goop-like substance generated by the friction of a lion's mane. The friction of a lion's mane leaves... A goop-like substance. Yeah, and it's cleaned by the snarge man. <laughs> you know, like like the sleep in the corner of your eye, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yep. Belly button lint. Yeah. But yeah. more goopy. Put on a line. <laughs> more goopy. Yeah. Well, more goopy and on a line. And on a line, yes. Okay. Or finally, a colloquial term referring to an officer rank in the RAAFS being the Royal Albuquerque Air Force Flying Squirrels. It is short for snargent. <laughs> Like Sarge, but Snarge. That's the Sarge guy. Sarge guy's job title. He's a Snargent. He's a Sargent. <laughs> Makes sense. Cute. And he fixes in the all Royal the Albuquerque Air Force and flying fi- squirrels. And fixes, <laughs> fixes all the other jobs. Yeah. All right. <laughs> squirrels. So you squirrels. got grime on gears and a ship's engine. Mm-hmm. Bird splatter in an aeroplane. Uh, Senegal and Argentina's governments coming together. Finally. And what are they coming together over? Uh. Their shared interests in the South Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> okay. Uh, playing snooker on a barge. <laughs> the goop-like substance generated by the friction in the lion's mane. Yep. Or the Royal Albuquerque Air Force flying squirrels. Snargent. The flying what, sorry? Squ- squirrels. Oh. oh. So I do say it funny, don't I? Yeah. Half of these answers are sort of substancey. It's like goop. Yeah. Or engine oil buildup. Yep. Or... D- Bird remains, oh, but yeah. it's all like a or a portmanteau or a portmanteau. Yeah, or, or Senegal and Argentina mm. having an agreement. I mean, they're very far away from each other. Wow. Yeah, 
how far away from each other are they? Do, Do you know they- my, my favourite portmanteau mm. is poor man's toe? <laughs> Which is the combination of a poor man who stubs his toe yes. and therefore cannot drive, so he has to call in a tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> To get his vehicle Hey, he did it already. We didn't even have to wait that long yeah. for him. See, I get it. Barber Ian type. He's funny. <laughs> Level work. <laughs> Barber Ian, this is almost like a reverse portmanteau. You've That's taken- true, yeah. Oh. Um, so, any thoughts here? Who wants to have first crack? I really love, I think, yeah, snarch, it sounds like a weird word, and I think it, it, I reckon it's the engine oil one. Like, I think. On a barge? Yeah, because it's a, it's the spilled up on a barge. Okay. So oh, it's ship's engine. Ship, ship, no good barge. barge. That's the well, you've sort of merged two together, so you want. Oh. Well, where did the barge come Playing from? snooker on a barge. Oh, is that oh the sorry. One yeah, no, yeah, no, that's no, what no. I want. I, I, thought I think it's that. the engine oil build up. Uh, on a ship's engine. Yeah. Okay. Put that one in for Saran. Dave, what do you reckon? Oh, gosh. I was tempted by that one, but then... I don't know. I'm also tempted by the bird splatter. Like, it's pretty visceral and yeah, gross. Yeah, but it feels like the type of thing they'd have a name for. You'd have to have a word for it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, because it would happen often. I think it's... Isn't it called, like, a bird strike or something when you fly into a group of birds? Because it really can mess up both the birds... That's when they're looking for better conditions. Engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birds want more That's bread. Right. The bird's necessary action. I'm going to say bird strike. Bird strike? Or bird bird snarge. I'm also saying the bird one. All right. I just don't believe that Senegal and Argentina would ever come together on anything. No. Uh, Despite our best efforts. <laughs> I keep emailing. And <laughs> Guys, come on. Well, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, short for snargent. That was Soren. <laughs> Cute. The goop-like substance from the lion's mane. That was Dave Warnicky. Beautiful. You were immediately that. defensive of it too. Yeah. Um, guys, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to lock it in if I could, but I can't because it's mine. <laughs> Portmanteau of playing snooker on a barge. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> Bit of fun there. Bit of fun. Uh, I don't know why you thought this one was ridiculous. Senegal and Argentina coming together. That was the house. <laughs> oh, well, West African country with a very South American country. You better, better believe I looked it up on a map to see what ocean was in between them. Uh, built up of oil and grime on gears and ship's engine. Saran went for that. That was Ashley, a.k.a. the house. Ooh. I mean, the correct answer is the remains oh. of a bird. Oh, Called a, sna- a snarge. It's definitely the grossest one, and it was that yeah. one. So a point for Jess... Point for the house and a point for Dave and a point for Snudge and a point for Snudge. Yeah. I really actually feel sorry for the Snudge guy now. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good job. That's the worst. It's answer a gross for thing. To yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. You're being told what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You're going to be a Snudge guy. These are your five options. <laughs> Please don't let it be the bird one. Yeah, I don't really want to approach a lion and have to deal <laughs> with its mane. But, but also. this is gross. I'd love to play snooker. But I bunch. get quite seasick, so I don't really want to have to clean off ships either. <laughs> The um, there is a, a a woman in America who specialises in identifying the birds. Oh, oh yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> there, there's a woman in America. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Unconfirmed. <laughs> Matt's, yeah, Matt's not hearing anything we're saying. <laughs> there's a woman in America. <laughs> oh, you heard okay. Say this. <laughs> you heard about this? There is yeah one who she works at the Smithsonian. I'm going to quote from her soon, but she. That's her, that's her job, is identifying from the splatters what the bird was. 
like oh the spaces and stuff. Does she From have who? to taste the bird? Yes, it's a taste <laughs> test. Is this <laughs> a seagull? That's a gull. Does she have to go tell its parents? Why is she identifying <laughs> the bird? I'm so sorry. They do it, yeah, yeah from be- big prints. They go into a, into a morgue and she lifts up the little... It's just an exploded bird under the... I'm so sorry. I'll There's a, a finch in there going like, that's not Jeremy. <laughs> I'll give you some time to say goodbye. All right, we're up to question number two. This one comes from Ellie from Liverpool. And Ellie's question is, what is the oddly self-loathing name of a suburban village in Durham, England, located north of Framwellgate Moor and west of Newton Holland? Could you repeat it one more time? Please? Basically, I mean, the rest of it doesn't really matter, but what, it's a, a name of a town in Durham, England that has an oddly self-loathing name. Oh. The name itself, you hear the name, you go, you all right, town? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, while you're writing your answers, here's some more info on Snarge. According to Ashley, I love birds and I'm flying to Paris. So I was wondering about why on earth so many birds get hit by vehicles, trains, planes and automobiles. In the US alone, 13,000 bird strikes occur between birds and planes per year. Turns out birds likely only deem the danger of an object and the time it has to avoid it based on its distance away, not the velocity. Jason Bittle in the New York Times writes, Carla Dove, program manager for the Smithsonian Institution's Feather Identification Lab, said she wasn't sure who first coined the term snarge, but she first heard about it at the museum. Snarge can be a wad of Canadian goose lodged inside an aeroplane engine, or it can be a broken and burned gull feather littered along the runway. Snarge can even be as small as a rusty red smear on the nose of an airliner. But no matter what form it takes, every bit of snarge is different, and all snarge is important. And beautiful. Despite these efforts, snarge happens. Wilbur Wright crushed a flock of birds way back in 1905, and in modern times, with more flights (laughs) in the air than ever. He crushed those birds. Aircraft whack birds every single day. In 2019 alone, the FAA documented 17,358 strikes. The vast majority amount to little or no damage, fortunately. When you say damage, you don't mean to the birds? Yeah, they bounce off. (laughs) Perhaps most interesting of all, snarge is not limited to birds. Bats and insects turn into snarge. And there are even more curious species that show up, including frogs, turtles, snakes, and even cats and rabbits. The explanation? Sometimes a bird of prey will get scared by an approaching aeroplane and drop whatever it's holding in its talons, which then gets sucked into the jet engine. It's also possible that as a bird and an aircraft collide, the contents of the predator's stomach are splattered along with the rest of the bird, and the DNA still shows up in genetic testing. Dr. Dove said, It's never a dull day when you're in charge of snarge. <laughs> she didn't say that. She said the thing before that. Wait, so her name's Dr. Dove. Yeah, Dr. I missed Dove. that as well. That is incredible. Nominative determinism. Carla right? Dove. Bit of nominative. That's actually quite a nice name. Carla Dove's fantastic. I don't, yeah. It's pretty, I, if you are a dove and you're going to go to medical school, I think it's quite admirable to dedicate your entire career to bird. Snudge. Yeah, it's snudge. Just, snudge. Snudge. You're about to say some long-winded version. Just say just the say word snudge. that we all know. Snudge. Yeah. But it easily can be confused with the um, p- treaty between the Senegal and Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> Which has a different name. That's, the, that's why that was funny. <laughs> oh, so there is that treaty. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, definitely. I mean, I didn't look it up, but I assume so. All right, the answers are in. Here is question number two. What is the oddly self-loathing name of a suburban village in Durham, England? Saddington. <laughs> Plop hole upon Avon. 
Swap Pole. <laughs> that was Dave. <laughs> oh, come on. Look how hard you laughed. <laughs> I'm laughing at you laughing. Uh, pity me. <laughs> Shitsville. <laughs> Wish I was never born upon Thames. <laughs> or Durham County, more like nobody here can county past three. But seriously, please, we need to improve numeracy and literacy here in Durham County, more like nobody here, you get it? Okay, so Ren was typing for ages. <laughs> so... That's a, that, just a, just putting it out there that I think that might have been so <laughs> really okay doesn't mean I don't think it's fantastic. I think we're going to go to you first here, Dave. What do you reckon? Right, I'm really tempted by plop, plop hole. hole, and I think <laughs> everyone should lock that in. Oh, I'm definitely tempted by it, but I'm not going to plop hole. Um, can we hear them again quickly? Saddington. Sad. That, plop that. hole upon Avon. <laughs> <laughs> Pity me. Pity me. Shitsville. Shitsville. Wish I was never born upon Thames. <laughs> Or Durham County, more like nobody here can county past three. But seriously, please, we need to improve numeracy and literacy here in Durham County. More like nobody here. You get it? I don't think I do. Uh, <laughs> I think it was meant to sound like the name just keeps going forever. But I couldn't be bothered typing anymore. <laughs> Is what you would... Yeah. If you're getting into the mind of who might have written that. Yes. Yeah. Including yeah, yeah, the, the person who named the yeah, real place. The town, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of going for Saddington. Saddington's good. But that's screaming, to be honest, no offence, but quite English. I reckon it could yeah. be pity me. Pity me. For the same reason. It is green and it could be English. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our great English. Yeah, we listeners. love you. We love you all. Including, of course, Ellie from Liverpool. I think if there was a town called Shitsville, I'd want to live there. That's great. Shitsville sounds more American to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Shitsville, Tennessee. That's yeah. probably a real place. Maybe if it was like Bollocksville or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... You fucking Wattsville. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be like, lock it in. <laughs> you having a laugh, too. You're right, Shitsville is... By order of the peaky fucking <laughs> blindersville. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tend to have many vills, do they? <laughs> yeah, that's true. In the UK, vill is very American. Uh, you're right, it's not the shit, it's the vill. I might go pity me as well, actually. Not tempted by plop hole. <laughs> I'm very tempted, <laughs> tempted by plop yeah. hole. <laughs> so, Seren and Jess are going, pity me, Dave's going, Saddington. Oh, good. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, Durham County, more like nobody here can county pass three. That was Saran. <laughs> Great work. Thanks. Sorry for using my detective skills. Very good poker face too, by the way. Typing for a long time. Yeah, but my hands. I don't have good poker hands. <laughs> <laughs> type, come on. So you're yelling at your hands. Type. Type. <laughs> They're going to know. Wish I was never born upon Thames. Uh, that was Ellie and the house <laughs> combining good. there. Shitsville. What did the house add that upon Thames? No, I added the wish I was never born. And Ellie had, Ellie had like. Upon uh, Thames. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie's one was probably funny, to be honest. Ellie's one was uh, poverty upon Thames. I don't know why I changed it. I just sometimes I want to be involved in my own show. Can I lock in in poverty upon Thames? (laughs) Uh, Shitsville is Jess Perkins. That's funny. Plop hole upon Avon. That was Dave Warner. Oh, you don't say. I love the word plop. (laughs) Plop hole. Saddington, which Dave went for. That was the house. Oh, well done. Many pity me was correct. (gasps) It can't be real. Wow. Pity me. How's it spelt? P-I-T-Y. Space. Oh, really? M-E, yeah. Two words. Pity me. Pity me. So strange. 
That's that is really weird. I can imagine if it was just all one word like P I T Y M E, and you sort of go, maybe is it maybe pronounced? Pitem yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's just pity P- me. Yeah. That's it's, so strange. It's still mm. the most grim town name I've heard of. Like a guy I used to work with, he followed a soccer team in England that was in like third, fourth, maybe in fifth division, very low, and they're from Scunthorpe. <laughs> Scunthorpe. Scun. Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. The, the <laughs> S, S and the scump are really <laughs> co- like concealing a lot there, don't you think? Scunthorpe. <laughs> We're from Scunthorpe, beautiful neck of the woods. Look, I don't know anything about the place other than the, the name just sounds grim. Hey, we'll go for a picnic on Scunthorpe Green. <laughs> All right, question three comes from Zoe DL from Epping, New South Wales. What was the slogan for Australian company PJ Bricks' 1993 ad campaign? A slogan for a brick ad campaign. Yeah, so PGH Bricks had a, a TV. PGH. Com- PGH Bricks. Uh-huh. A brick company mm-hmm. had an ad campaign in 1993. What was the slogan? And while you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a little bit more about Pity Me. According to Sean Seddon, writing for Chronicle Live, of all the strange place names in the Northeast, this one has the most theories behind it, ranging from a variation on an old Norman name, a story about St. Cuthbert's coffin being dropped on the way to Durham Cathedral, or a reference to a song sung by monks during the Viking invasion. The truth, however, may be more prosaic. According to the Oxford Dictionary of British Place Names, it may just have been a disparaging nickname that stuck. Beautiful neck of the woods. Do you ever listen back... To these just because you missed the factoid? Yeah, sometimes I do feel like you're concentrating so hard you do miss yeah, part I've of the always factoid. Missed like the before, factoid. Like, I think at the same time you and I realised that the lady's name was Dove. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, what? Did, yeah, did yeah. totally missed that. I just listened back to this podcast because I think it's a great podcast. Yeah, it's oh. great. We like to yeah. Yeah. support our friends. I'm just a fan. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Yeah, if you just if you're zoning out at parts and need to listen back, that's fine. But. Yeah, no, I, I do it as a, as well, a genuine fan. This intervention has taken a turn. I thought we were <laughs> can <laughs> campaigning I have, to can end it. Can I have it. a point for that? Point for... Just being nice? Uh, yeah. Defending if, your honour? Jess, if uh, Serena and Dave are okay with it? Yeah, I think she's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, Jess, it's nice. All right, bonus pity point there. Great. <laughs> bonus what point? A pity me point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that puts you into the lead. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I didn't think this would have real world no, consequences. Don't oh. worry, I'll lose it in no time. No, we know. <laughs> All right, here's question three. What was the slogan for Australian company PGH Bricks 1993 ad campaign? The clever little pig picks PGH Bricks. <laughs> oh. Bricks so perfect for throwing through some c***'s window, we should change our name to MA15 plus H Bricks. <laughs> Bricks of uncommon beauty. (laughs) 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 Our bricks will do the trick. Come on, don't be a prick. Mmm, that's good bricks. Or good for houses, walls, or throwing through windows. (laughs) So, yeah, normally if you get two that have a similar thing, one of them is right. And we've got two throwing through window brick answers there. Can we have them again, please? Yeah. The clever little pig picks PGH bricks. Bricks. Is that from a fairy tale or fable or anything? What's the clever little yeah, pig. Yeah, like the three little pigs. Oh. One of them built their house out of, out brick of bricks. And their, and their oh, and it didn't blow the down. The wolf couldn't blow it down. Oh, yeah. Okay, is that someone justifying their answer on the couch here, Jess? <laughs> uh, bricks. Okay, no, I was trying to help you because I think that's probably the right answer, but okay. Bricks so perfect <laughs> for throwing through some c- 
window, we should change our name to MA15 plus H Bricks. So that's also in the running. That does feel right. Is that, that's, is that also a fairy tale? <laughs> yeah. Bricks of uncommon beauty. <laughs> I that love it. sucks. Our bricks no, will do the so trick. Fuck. Come on, don't be a prick. Mmm, <laughs> that's good bricks. Or good for houses, walls, or throwing through windows. I've got a lock in bricks of uncommon beauty. It's so good. I've never seen a brick that doesn't look exactly like another brick. (laughs) This is the sexiest brick you'll ever see. Uh, Jess, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, Sarin makes a good point there, but I thought it was the piggy one. Piggy one? Yeah, because like companies love it. They would have done the whole ad of like you know. The big, the big bad wolf blowing down competitors' brick houses. Yeah, you know, I can picture it all. I'm doing that one. Yeah, the piggy one is smart. Yeah, yeah. because uh, also the thing about brickies is they haven't really read much beyond the simple fables. <laughs> <laughs> Got that brickies? Jeez, if you're an English brickie out there, <laughs> you'd be feeling pretty low right <laughs> now. Brickie from Scotland, especially <laughs> from pity, pity me. <laughs> okay, so I also am going to go for the. <laughs> bricks of what is it? Uncommon beauty. Uncommon beauty, because who, the our beautiful question writer, they this is obviously stuck with them since 1993 mm. for a reason. <laughs> it's got to be pretty. It's either got to be throwing through someone's window or it's so beautiful. Yeah, you know what happened in 1993? That's when they introduced the um, film classifications. Oh, oh, so that maybe that's why. Yeah. They, yeah, they were tying in the MA. PG. Before that, it parental used to be. guidance bricks. Yes, exactly. Parental guidance H bricks. Yeah. H is the middle name. H is the middle name. Yeah. Yeah. It's the middle initial. Like William H Macy. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> parental guidance H, H Macy. Bricks. Yeah. Also oh, H bricks. I get those two confused because they they're related similar. and they look very similar. <laughs> yeah, William H Macy is actually a human of uncommon beauty. Oh, oh, so that's true. Yeah, give me the uncommon beauty if I haven't uh, locked that in. Uh, okay. Here's who wrote the answers. Good for houses, walls, or throwing through windows. That was Jess Perkins. Mmm, <laughs> that's good bricks. That was the house. <laughs> Our bricks will do the trick. Come on, don't be a prick. That was Dave Warnicky. Yep. Rhyming. I love some rhymes. He's a little poet. And Saran's was brick so perfect for throwing through some <laughs> window. We should change our name to MA15 plus H bricks. <laughs> so you three, it's funny that... Uh, you, there was only two to choose from, really, because you three... I don't know if you re- necessarily wrote believable answers. Oh, come on. A 90s ad could say, don't be a prick. You would have, they could have had that. That's true. Also, it was I'm an 80s this- ad. But um, <laughs> but in the 1983, that's when they in- introduced the film classification. So, so Seren really thought about it. Mm. And I'm doing my best. Yeah, come on. You- <laughs> Don't be a pricky prick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, they are believable if both of us went to Windows. Don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I agree we with that. We come on your podcast <laughs> and you insult us. The Ooh. clever little pig picks PGH bricks. That was the house. Ah, oh, that's a good one. That is good. I always, always try and put one in that's believable and one that's silly. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me it was bricks of uncommon beauty. It is bricks <laughs> of uncommon beauty. <laughs> yes. That's so good. And Zoe wrote, I know nothing about PGH, but the reason I know this phrase is because it was the name of my dad's band. <laughs> they name themselves after the, after the bricks. 90s brick ad. <laughs> And uh, I actually, I don't Do we have the ox cable? Because I could play a bit of, if you want to hear a little bit. I quite like it. Well, let me tell you about it first. 
Bricks of Uncommon Beauty described by critics, brackets, children of band members, as angry men under blankets due to their recording's poor sound quality were a 90s independent hard rock band inspired by classic Aussie pub bands like You Am I, with Brad on guitar and lead vocals, Luke on bass and backup vocals, and Jamie on drums without cowbell. The band toured multiple venues in their area and recorded one album. They released to their families many classic hits, <laughs> such as Duke Lukem, Moth to a Flame, and Chump. Although it's been many years since they last performed, fans, brackets, children of band members, are still holding out hope they'll one day get the band back together for one final performance. While you're writing your answers, I'll play a bit of Chump. But here is question number four. This one comes from Amy from Texas. The question is, what advice did the American Medical Association issue in 1962? What advice did the American Medical Association issue in 1962? Just one bit of advice for the whole year. (laughs) All right, let me give you the date. January the 10th, 1962. Thank you. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm really digging uh, this track, Chomp, by Bricks of Uncommon Beauty. I like it. Yeah, me too. Actually, and I like Zoe was pretty harsh on the on the um, production, bro. I don't think it sounds too bad. Sounds pretty good. I enjoyed that very much. Nothing chumpish about that. No. And Jess, you love Australian music. That I do. I'm on the record. That's something I would hear on on Triple J Unearthed. Mm. You know. And go, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Good on him. All right. Here is question number four. What advice did the American Medical Association issue in 1962? Cuban cigars should be discarded due to the potential for nuclear contamination. That people over 40 should avoid dancing the twist. LSD use during pregnancy is risky and should be consumed in moderation. (laughs) It was the 60s. Americans were advised to avoid shaking astronaut John Glenn's hand for at least 30 days following his return to Earth. To avoid a sore neck, stop looking up. Those two might be related. Or, on January the 10th, 1962, the American Medical Association provided the following advice. It's a commonly held view that your products look too common and lack beauty. This advice was provided directly to the brick manufacturing industry. <laughs> That's a f- isn't that a funny coincidence they sort of come That's up? That's crazy. Back to back? That is wild. I guess they started as an American company and then got yeah. to Australia by the 90s. And it took them 20 years to make their bricks beautiful. Do you think astronaut John Glanz actually went into space or do you think just heaps of people were shaking his hand, he got a big head? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, he's finally come back down to <laughs> Earth, guys. you got to stop shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, what, do you think it would be for your safety, don't shake his hand because we don't know... What he's con- yeah. or or is he too fragile and we don't want you shaking his <laughs> don't hand? Don't crush his bones. Yeah, yeah. It could be either of those. 
Can we have them again, please? Sure. So, uh, basically avoid Cuban cigars because of the nuclear contamination. Yeah. Over 40 should avoid dancing the twist. Uh, pregnant people should use LSD in moderation. Avoid shaking astronaut John Glenn's hand for 30 days after his return to Earth. Stop looking up if you want to avoid a sore neck or the advice of the brick industry um, that their products look too common and lack beauty. This is a tricky one. It is a hard one. I'm going to I'm gonna throw this one open to Saran. Okay. What do you reckon? I reckon <coughs> that it's the... I think it's probably... 1962 sounds Nassery. That's when NASA was sending people up to space, mm. wasn't it? So, I reckon it's the, the astronaut John Glenn, Glenn's... To me, I reckon someone shook his hand. Yep. And got sick. Yep. And they said... And they were... They assumed that it was... Correlation equaled causation. causation exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Locking that in for Saran. Okay. How about you, Dave? I think it might be the twist. Over 40s, do not attempt this move. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of twi- the twist-related injuries. So yeah. much so that they've had to release a statement. <laughs> I'm also going to say the twist. All right. Locking in the twist for Bopper. Here's but it re- could very well be don't look up. Don't look up, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, because everyone was looking to the skis, mm. the scars. <laughs> um, so, uh, the advice of the brick manufacturing industry, which was a bit of a funny thing for the American Medical Association to do, uh, that was Saran. <laughs> you don't say. It's weird that you've often got zero points on this show. <laughs> Also, I'm the only person that repeats the question at the start of the question. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to stop doing that. I should say, quick score update, Saran's on two points. Whoa. As is Dave. Whoa. But out in front on three points is Jess in the house. Does that include the point we gave away? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That does include my pity point. Thank you. That could be the deciding factor. (laughs) (laughs) To avoid a sore neck, stop looking up. That was Dave Warnicky. That was me. (laughs) Does that come from personal experience? Yes, advice I stand by. Yeah. I haven't looked up in 20 years. <laughs> Cuban cigars should be discarded due to the potential for nuclear contamination. That was Amy, a.k.a. The House. That was a good one. That was a good one. Then we had LSD use during pregnancy is risky. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> oh, that was it great. was the 60s. That was a good little, it was yeah. the, little herring there. It was. The, and it's the, that was the, the perfect kind of answer because that's the kind of thing that... You, you could buy that maybe they would have said. They were crazy back then. The 60s. You know, they would have been like, oh, you should cut back on smoking. You can just picture the head of the AMA in the 60s, you know, with his long hair. Yeah. Uh, doing the peace symbol. Yep. Symbol. Symbol. Symbol at any opportunity. <laughs> just going, you know, man, oh, you know, the best medication for you, man, is love. Just love and marijuana, dude. Yeah. <laughs> An LSD, dude. Man, <laughs> Amy also wrote Americans were advised to avoid shaking astronaut John Glenn's hand. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. Uh, so, point there for the house. Meaning, the correct answer is the people over forty should avoid oh, dancing wow. the twist. Whoa. Here's the thing: I can't keep track as you go, so sometimes you've eliminated all of them, and I'm like, "Whoa, I, saw I didn't." One. I guess no one scored that. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, the twist, a dangerous dance. But also good to know that we've got a few years left, Jess, and yeah. twisting. Only a few more opportunities to twist. Yeah. Well, Matt, you've, you've twisted your last twist. I can still twist. You can't twist. At the time of... Rec- I can twist. Unfortunately. Look like- at me. Look. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me go. Oh, no. Come on. No, Matt, oh, your hips. Oh, your hips. Oh. 
Why did someone warn me? <laughs> Can I just say, if you enjoyed that at home, it was even better to watch in the room. It was amazing. <laughs> Okay, that means the scores after four rounds. Past the halfway mark. Seren's on two points. Dave's on three points. But out in front on four points is Jess in the house. Yes, Jess in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your band name? What's going on there? Jess in the Pussycats, Jess in the house. We're going to support Bricks of Uncommon Beauty. (laughs) I hope hope there's a groundswell after this episode and they do a gig. Yeah. We want Bricks of Uncommon Beauty. Uh, okay, so we're up to question number five. This one comes from Rachel Ball from London in the UK. Which of these is a real nickname of a 9th century French noble? Think Richard the Lionheart type nicknames. French noble. French noble from the 9th century. So go on a ways back. And while you're writing your answers, here's some more info about the dangers of the twist. According to Amy, the AMA advised against dancing the twist and hula hooping due to the potential for dislocated joints, slipped discs, and muscle pain in dancers over 40, particularly those with poor muscle tone. In their statement, the AMA spokesperson said a young person in good shape can twist without much chance of injury. Dr. John Humans, the AMA Director of Scientific Activities, said at the time, If you have to dance the twist, take it easy. Do a relaxed, modified twist. I bet you'd wish you'd read this bit like 10 minutes ago. Oh, damn it. All right, while you're still (laughs) writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, the answers are in. Here is question number five. Which of these is a real 9th century French noble. Kevin the Camouflaged. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin in the 9th century. Ralph the Arsehead. Bastard Paul. (laughs) Francois Big Peen. Gregory the Gregarious. Or Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Ross. That's his nickname. He was such a Ross. (laughs) I'm more of a Phoebe. He was a real downer of the group. (laughs) Okay, can we have those again, please? Kevin the Camouflaged, (laughs) Ralph the Arsehead, Bastard Paul, (laughs) Francois Big Peen, Gregory the Gregarious, or Ross. (laughs) (laughs) These are all so good. (laughs) These are fucking ridiculous. Is it Ralph Arsehead or Arsehair? Ralph the Arsehead. Ralphie Arsehead. He's famous for that somehow. <laughs> that thick mane. <laughs> it, yeah, it uh, it rubbed and created snarge. <laughs> I've already forgotten them all. <laughs> I do like the name Ralph. Kevin, Ralph, Paul, Francois, Gregory, and Ross. What was Paul's? Bastard Paul. <laughs> 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 that's probably the most like I reckon that's the most potential that one Bastard that's Paul a, Paul that, that feels, you are a bastard <laughs> that feels like a nickname that they'd have in that era Bastard Paul yeah. when you arrive in the Great Hall my lord Bastard Paul is here to see you because they'd all be all the other nobles would be like he doesn't deserve it 
Yeah, that's busted. He's that, yeah, that's busted. I don't. Ball. I don't even know that I. I think it's hundred percent it. But just for how hard I laughed, whoever wrote it deserves a point. Bastard Paul for me. <laughs> Bastard Paul for Jeff. Yeah. What about Kevin the camouflage? That's very. That's funny. very good. <laughs> Francois Big Peen. <laughs> Maybe Kevin was the first guy to... They could just never see him. Yeah. Is Kevin around? Don't say anything <laughs> about Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. It's got us into trouble before. Uh, all right. Saran, you want to have a crack? Um, well, Dave? I think it's Bastard Paul. Bastard Paul? Bastard Paul's so funny. Two in for Bastard Paul. I'm so tempted by Bastard Paul as well. But what, So, we've got... You got Kevin the camouflage, Ralph the arsehead, Bastard Paul, Francois Big Peen. <laughs> that rolls off the tongue the best. Or oh, so does Gregory the Gregarious or Ross. <laughs> Ross is here. Oh no, it's, it's Ross. Ross. Oh. We all are doing English. All the nobles are English, and yeah. they're not even like noble English. It's like chap. We're all doing chap. No. We're doing the wrong country in the wrong class. Well, um, uh, to make it interesting, Dave does French now. He could probably. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, Ralph the Arsehead. Ralph yeah. the Arsehead. Okay. Good, Good call. Time. Would you have said it still if it was Ralph the Arsehead? <laughs> Even more so. Okay. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, Ralph. That's where King Ralph was got its inspiration. Surely, Surely. Yeah. It's where From, the name mm. came down the generations. Yeah. All right. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Ross. That was Saran. <laughs> <laughs> Ross. Very good. Gregory the Gregarious. That was just Perkins. What wow. have you written? I had Gregor the Gregarious. <laughs> no way. And I had to change it the last second when Jessica came through to Kevin the Camouflage. <laughs> it's excellent. Uh, Francois Big Bean. Francois, Francois Big, Big, Big Bean was Dave, which I th- <laughs> yeah. felt fun to say every time. Very funny. Bastard Paul. That was Rachel. Great. Oh, oh, good work. Meaning the so correct good. answer is Ralph the Arsehead. <laughs> There you go. Which sounds like a child wrote it. <laughs> but Bastard Paul. Again, I was like, oh, it's probably not that, but so good you deserve the point there, Rachel. That was so funny. <laughs> Bastard <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Fantastic work from Rachel there. So that means a point to Dave and two points to the house. Oh, I might have just lost my lead. <laughs> can I have can I have a few extra points to get back? <laughs> I didn't hear that. All right, question oh. six. Unless David and Seren. <laughs> you want another point? I would like... Triple points are coming up, Jess. I would like enough to yeah, get you back in the Yeah, save it for the triple points. Okay, yeah. and then I'll ask for extra. <laughs> yeah, if you ask for extra during the final question, is it triple extra pity points? That's <laughs> never happened before. No one's... <laughs> n- no one's been so self-pitying before. Well, bastard Jess is here. <laughs> bastard Jess. <laughs> it's also amazing that you're, you're unsure, as if you don't... Just choose. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's never happened well, before. I'm, I'm always worried about the listeners going, come on, the integrity of the game is important. <laughs> I'm changing my name in our group chat to Bastard Pete. <laughs> Bastard Pete? Was it Pete? Paul. <laughs> I want to be Pete. Can you just be Bastard Pete? Can you change us all? You'd be Bastard Pete, Dave's I'm- Bastard Paul, <laughs> I'll be Bastard Perry. Oh, that's so confusing. <laughs> It's oh, like, surely after Paul was born, you had a chance to get married. Yeah. <laughs> you just kept rolling out babies. Um, we're all bastards. All right, we're up to question number six. Penultimate question here. This comes from Michaela from Awabakal country. And Michaela actually 
wrote the first ever question we asked on this show. So I thought it'd be fun to oh, happy get birthday, her ba- Michaela. back in for the first birthday episode. That's nice. And Michaela's question is, what happened on the 13th of February, 1944 in London, England? 13th of February, 1944? Yeah, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're writing your answers, let me tell you a little more about the arse head. According to Rachel, disappointingly, he didn't have a head shape like a human bum. Wikipedia.org seems keen to explain that he had a shaggy head that looked like a donkey. Seems like medieval French nobles are a rich seam of weird names. There's also this guy, Herbert I, Count of Maine, who lived in the 11th century and is known simply as Wake Dog. It's a beautiful name. Quick score update after five rounds. Surround on two points. Jess and Dave on four points. But the house is out in front on six points. Oh my gosh. Is it, will this be a repeat of one year ago? Imagine. Let's not let it happen, everyone. Be a beautiful birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The answer in for question six. What happened on the 13th of Feb, 1944 in London, England? King George VI gave his longest public speech after working with an Australian speech therapist. Winston Churchill fell down the steps of Parliament and threatened a journalist who took his photo. The photographs have never been published. Oh, wow. While the football- Can I just query something? Sure. Did the journalist capture a shot of the falling down the steps or did he drop his wallet and then a photo of his child fell out, <laughs> which the journalist then pilfered? This is an important clarification. It is. Um, I can only give you the info that is there. You okay. can speculate as much as you like, of course. Well, it rules that one out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough clarity. While the Football World Cups were on hiatus, England held a makeshift tournament with teams made up of soldiers stationed in England. Despite having the most players to pick from, including a number of top-line professionals, England failed to advance past the semi-final stage. That's embarrassing. The first ever Galentine's Day brunch was organised where single women gathered together to celebrate female friendship. The day has continued to be acknowledged since as an opposition of traditional Valentine's Day celebrations. Talk show host Jerry Springer was born in an underground train station that was being used as a bomb shelter. (laughs) (laughs) Or King Charles, age six, farted. Though it was worth noting for accuracy, at the time Charles was still just a prince. (laughs) <laughs> he farted. I wonder if that inspired the song Who Farted? <laughs> and the horse. <laughs> Who farted? Who farted? Who farted? That's the that was the day that inspired the horse. That's beautiful. They're big in horses, the royal family. Yeah, I don't know if that one would be like noteworthy. Uh, a six year old farted. Uh, a six year old heir to the throne. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't seen anything in the paper of like, you know, Prince George farting or something. But I don't keep up with the royals. <laughs> I don't keep up with their farts. This um, is 1940s. Yeah, was, true. Yeah, there was less happening then. Different, yeah. Less Not a lot. TikTok yeah, that I can wasn't out on People would go out and watch a train go past back then. Yeah. Or a prince fart. <laughs> it was all scheduled. <laughs> now the prince will fart his royal heir. <laughs> and then I'd have to play the boy the Introducing the real heir to the throne. <laughs> That's so stupid. That I bet they did it. Yeah. Can we have a quick uh, summary, Recap. please? King George, Thanks. longest speech after working with Australian speech therapist. Mm-hmm. Winston Churchill falling down the stairs, threatening the journalist. But we don't know about the photo, so we yeah, that. that one was not clear. Uh, there was sort of a makeshift. World Cup tournament that England lost in England. The first ever Galentine's Day brunch. 
a talk show host Jerry Spring was born, or King Charles, then a prince, farted. Is Jerry Springer English? Well, if that answer's correct, I guess he is. Yeah, okay. No. no. But uh, maybe he moved over at a very young age. Yeah, John Farnham did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've often really? called him the Australian Jerry Springer. John Farnham was born in England. Yeah, it's, it's hard to think of a, a classic Australian celebrity who was born here. Me. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, Hawaii. Yeah, right. She's born in Hawaii. Yeah. Mel Gibson's American. The BG's American. Do uh, we England. make anything? <laughs> Farlap, New Zealand. Oh my god. Crowded Sam House, Neil. New Zealand. Crowded, Crowded House. House. Well, one of th- one third of the original Crowded House. Speaking of the Finns, where New Zealand, two thirds are actually from Australia. So, <laughs> Tim I love Finn, that argument. Tim I love Finn getting... was on my flight the other day. Was he? Yep. he Tom Fon was. Uh, he was a member briefly. So that, at yeah. that point, you could almost say they were a Kiwi band because half the members were. But during most of their big albums, they were only one third Kiwi, so and they were formed in Melbourne, so they lived here. So you are insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten them all. I've forgotten all the answers. Okay, let me really break them down. King George, Winston Churchill, World Cup, Galentine's Day, Jerry Springer, Prince Charles. Fired. I thought Galentine's Day was a much. More recent. more recent. I thought that was more recent, but maybe like maybe it started ages I ago. I personally never heard of it. You never heard of Galentine's Day? I'm in a group chat called Galentine's Day. I tell you what, Dave, you need to do some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I don't know. Another Hallmark holiday, is it? Here we go. Here we go. Here we, here we go. All right. I'm going to say Jerry Springer. Jerry Yeah, Springer. I like that idea that he was born there because um, I know for a fact that John Farnham was. Born in the train station. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lock in the football one. Football for Dave. They lost to, lost to, they lost to like everyone else's. I feel like the um, it's either the Churchill one or the King George for me, but the King George one is like not. Interesting enough, I feel, for it to be an answer to the mm-hmm. question. There is a famous movie. Yeah. It is Colin so maybe Firth. People are like, re- you know, maybe it's referencing that. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to, in that instance, lock in. Um, wow, that was easy. Wow. Winston Churchill, please. <laughs> that was easy to lure him to the wrong <laughs> yeah, answer. <okay. laughs> <laughs> wish, I, wish I'd written that one now. Yeah. I think Winston Churchill fell down some stairs. All right, lock that in. Here's. Hold oh, no, on, which one have you locked in? <laughs> He's locked in Winston Churchill. Yeah. Here's who wrote the answers. <laughs> King George I gave his longest public speech. That was the house. Oh, mm. thank you. Honestly, that's the best that was result. a close call. The house didn't get the point. King Charles, age six, farted. <laughs> but for accuracy, at the time, Charles was still just a prince. That was Sir Jaimana. <laughs> just for accuracy. All right. So, then we have Galentine's Day, first ever. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know what that was, Get Jess. fucked. Sorry. <laughs> you sodge. <laughs> uh, Do you live in a lodge? Get some more single female friends. Do you call it the Misogy Lodge? <laughs> that's where I live, okay? <laughs> the fake FIFA World Cup that Dave went for, that was the house. Yeah, that's what you oh, get. Oh, yeah. no. That's what they you got, get. They got no laugh at all. I thought that was a pretty funny one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. It is funny to think, though, because, you know, the, at the World Cup that just happened, like Russia, they had to play under a no flag or like a FIFA uh, flag yeah. or whatever, and they couldn't be called Russia. So in the, the World War, it would be like no team <laughs> as a flag <laughs> or no <laughs> team. Everyone under white flags, Every, yeah. which was confusing during a war. Uh, and on the pitch, they're all, which side are we on? <laughs> they did shirts and skins. 
Uh, Winston Churchill fell down some stairs. Saran went for that. That was Dave Warnicky. Ah, Sorry, Saran. Meaning the correct answer was Jerry Springer was born. Oh, my God. In a train station that was being used as a bomb shelter during World War II. Yes, he was born on Galentine's Day. (laughs) Really? Is that why it's the first Galentine's Day? That's so nice. So that means Wow that's so funny Jess gets a point House gets a point And Dave gets a point Thank you We're going to the last question We always end with a movie synopsis question Can I have quadruple points? I'm going to have to go to Dave I'm still show Please I don't want to make any enemies here Can I? Go on Quadruple points I'll give you the score update And and see if you think this is fair Saran's on two points No I don't think that's fair Jess is on five (laughs) points Dave's on five points House on seven points Yeah so give me quadruple I mean, I feel like if I was giving anyone quadruple, it'd probably be Saran. Okay, fine. You've already got one pity point, which has got you up to equal. Fine, Saran gets quadruple points. We're all in agreement. Thank you. Yeah, we all agree. All right. This one comes from XZ Neal from Wisconsin. Okay. And the question is, what is the synopsis for the 1998 film Everyone Loves Mel? No, Mel is. <laughs> what, what, what year? 1997. 98. And while your answers are being written, here's some more info about Jerry Springer's birth. According to Neil Genslinger, writing for the New York Times, Gerald Norman Springer was born on the 13th of Feb, 1944, in London, in an underground station that was being used as a bomb shelter during World War II. It's not as dramatic as it sounds, he told the Chicago Tribune in 2007. Because of the bombing, women who were in their ninth month were told to sleep in the subway stations which were set up as maternity wards. His family relocated to the United States when he was five. He was elected mayor of Cincinnati in 1977, and in 1982 he ran for governor of Ohio. He finished third in the Democratic primary and made a career change, joining WLWT-TV in Cincinnati. First as a news commentator, he later became an anchor and managing editor. Over the next decade, he won or shared multiple Emmy Awards for local coverage. The Jerry Springer Show, a daytime talk show which uh, was syndicated by Multimedia Entertainment, uh, began in 1991. Originally, it was an issue-oriented program. The LA Times called it an oppressively self-important talk hour, starring a Cincinnati news anchorman and former mayor. By 1993, however, lead-ins like Worshipping the Lord with Snakes, Up Next, Jerry Springer, were turning up and the shock value just kept going up. The talk show universe had by then become something of a free-for-all, with hosts like Montel Williams and Sally Jesse Raphael also serving up salacious content. Mr. Springer, though, did it better and more outrageously than anyone else. His viewership peaked at about 8 million in 1998, which is the same year as the classic film Everyone Loves Mel. All right, the answers are in. Here is the final question worth triple points and quadruple points for some. Saren. Come on, Saren. Do it for us, Saren. I'm going to choose Saren's, and I think I'll know it. It'll be long and silly. (laughs) (laughs) Probably mentioned rocks. Quadruple points. (laughs) It'll be a callback to every question we've had so far. (laughs) I'm going to pick it. All right. Here is the final question. What is the synopsis for the 1998 film Everyone Loves Mel? Mel Horowitz has the perfect life. A great job, great apartment, and the perfect fiancé. But after a run-in with a mysterious old woman on the subway, Mel's life starts to unravel around her. Oh, I like it. I like that too. Option two. A shy, fledgling car salesman named Mel has never had much luck making friends. That all changes after he saves a magical talking mouse that grants him his wish to make everyone love him. Now the only question is, 
is there enough Mel to go around? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mel has it all. <laughs> <laughs> a great family, a great job, and lots and lots of money. But Mel is living a lie. <laughs> will his world fall apart when his family find out the truth? Or will they stand by him? When Bill's grandsons come for a summer visit, they stumble into a big-time adventure with a giant turtle named Mel. When Bill's neighbour Bailey tries to kidnap Mel in order to feature him in a proposed theme park, the grandsons plot to hide Mel from their neighbour. <laughs> Shortly after Mary's father died fighting in a devastating fire, a lovable mutt named Mel's enters the Robinsons' life and teaches a community to love again in this feel-good tale. That's nice. Or finally, in this much-awaited sequel, Mel, a much-loved scissor sharpener, spends her last <laughs> days tracking down the travelling circus, hoping to find three barbers named Ian and return them in <laughs> and return them to their barbershop glory. I'm gonna. I don't need you to reread them. I'm locking that one in. Thanks. <laughs> You're locking the final one in. You that one four points. Are you? Yes, I am. Okay, just go that. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm gonna go for talking mouse. Talking mouse. Is, is there enough Mel to go around? <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Um, yeah, so can you read him one more time? Sure. Uh, Mel Horowitz has a perfect life. Great job, great apartment, perfect fiancé. Re- runs into a mysterious old woman on the subway. That's a good one, I reckon. Shy, fledgling car salesman meets a talking mouse. Uh, Mel has it all. Great family, great job, lots and lots of money, but <laughs> is living a lie. Uh, Bill's grandsons come over for a summer visit, and there's a big turtle that gets kidnapped. <laughs> uh Mary's father died fighting a devastating fire. Is, it, is the turtle named Mel or is there no reference to Mel in that one? Turtle's name's Mel. Okay. Yeah. Locking in the giant the turtle. turtle. That one was the most batshit. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. Shortly after Mary's father died fighting a devastating fire, the lovable mutt Mel. That was XZ, aka The House. That's not like the best movie ever. Mel. <laughs> Mel has it all. Great family, great job, and lots and lots of money. That was Dave Warnicky. That's right, Jesse. <laughs> I think you and I might be on a similar page what do you mean? about Mel. Why? You don't know. Mel Horowitz has the perfect life, great job, great apartment, and the perfect fiance. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> First name I thought of was Horowitz. Wow. That's a great name, Mel it Horowitz. Is, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so you watched that. I'd watch the shit out of that, hung over on the couch on a yeah. Sunday afternoon. Heaven. Jess, you I'd went. Watch it any time, okay. Jess went for the much-awaited <laughs> sequel about the scissor sharpener. I feel good about this. Sorry, that was Seren Jaimana. Oh my god! Quadruple points for Seren for that one. Well done, mate. Uh, Dave went for a shy, fledgling car salesman who ran into a magical talking mouse. That was XZ. Many the correct answer is the big time adventure with giant turtle named yes. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Two times quadruple <laughs> points. The perfect round almost. Wow. So, I'll tabulate the scores. Uh, but in the meantime, let me tell you quickly about this film. Everyone Loves Mel was directed by Joey Travolta, John's older brother. His older brother, Joey. And stars Ernest Borgnine. Oh, yeah, from McHale's Navy. <laughs> XZ writes, if I remember this movie correctly, and I've seen it three times now, Mel is a giant turtle from the Galapagos that Bill brought to his North Pacific home. He feeds it exclusively pancakes and then does calisthenics every morning in front of it on the lawn. Mel's head looks like an uncircumcised penis and at the end, when the kids are about to fall over a giant waterfall out of nowhere, it is revealed that the turtle can fly and saves them before they hit the spiky rocks at the bottom. Also, just as the credits roll and the family say goodnight to Mel, Mel speaks for the first time, also wishing them a good night. 
It sounds like perfect film. Sounds like a perfect sounds like film. a perfect film. On Letterboxd, Rachie Rachie wrote, "I made an entire bus full of marching band college students watch this on a 26-hour drive to Florida, and now I'm convinced that at least half of them want me to die horrifically." I mean, <laughs> does that marching band know that planes exist? <laughs> yeah, that's a long 26-hour drive cannot be more efficient than a flight. That's How's wild. this next line though in the review? This was accidentally the last movie my grandpa watched before he died. <laughs> accidentally, is it? Implying that's what killed him? I miss you, Grandpa. Then she says to finish, Someday I will drug all of my closest friends, transport them to a secluded cabin in Alaska on a golf cart, like in the movie, and force them to watch this movie with me. Best movie ever. Whoa. Okay. Okay. She's pretty full on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's an intense person. And I can be a little intense, but that's a bit much. that so, is a lot. That feels like a lot. <laughs> a bit much. Yeah, a bit much. Can we do a score check? All right, final scores. I'm excited. On five points, it's Can't Just be Perkins. Me. On five points, it's Dave Warnicky. Wow. <gasps> I scored but more than five in points front, in that on round. On ten points, it's both Saran and the house. Oh, oh, it's a tie. It's a tie. Oh, well tie, tie for, for equal first and equal third. Do you have Can a tiebreaker or no? That's no it. No tiebreaker. We wow. both win. We share the medal like those two Why can't Olympian... we be tied second? So that ends the streak? I don't know. Because I think because... Just make a second. All right, tied second. Hooray! <laughs> well done, Mel. <laughs> we did it. What a team effort. That was Thanks beautiful. so much for joining us on this first birthday special. Where can people find you, Siren? Um, it, Good Tucker is on SBS On Demand and uh, also at, on Instagram at Siren Comedy. So good. Uh, Dave, how about you? Uh, Book Cheat, my podcast where I cover classic books so you don't have to, is back most recently covering The Bell Jar. Who was your guest on that? My wife. That's how desperate he's getting. So he can't get any actual guests. She was great. He has to go for nepotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was great. great Personally, I disagree with Jess. I think Ella is a fantastic guest. And I, I I disagree with what Jess just said on pod, but also what she said off mic about Ella. <laughs> I'm going to change your name in the group chat to Kiss Ass. <laughs> Francois Kiss Ass. <laughs> Don't mind it. Anyway, and people can find me at Dugo on pod, or I'm about to hit 16,000 followers on Instagram. Whoa. So get on there because 16,000 people can't be wrong. Mm. <laughs> and that number's trending up. Oh, yeah. What's the recent Dugo on episodes have been great, like uh, the St Kilda Football Club history, which is our longest ever episode, nearly five hours. Yep. That might sound good to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Check and it there's out. plenty of shorter ones if that sounds like it. Yeah. 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 How was that for you guys? I uh, was not there. Oh. Jesse, I was there for yeah. all six hours of the record. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> we got a bit. You chopped an hour out. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, you three. Please give us a five-star review. What a great birthday present that would be. And tell your friends if you think anyone you know might enjoy it. And cheers for tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks. Which means um, it can go anyway. Exactly. So he's this just pissed on the good. floor and then he's just asleep on a cushion. Who are we talking about? Dave, Dave. again. <laughs> I hate it when the grass is dry. He hates it. Evan, are you going to stay in and watch over our shoulders? Uh, no. no. Can you? <laughs> Here for the piss chat. Bring Thank down you, Evan. Evan. Um, I'm correct in saying that. Thanks so much, Evan. But also, thanks, fuck Evan. off. 
He rolled his eyes at me. Can you believe it? I think that was right. I think you took it seriously. He was right. No, you can right. sort of hit, you can hear the handling a little bit. So just oh, yeah. be like slightly wary of that. Uh, Dave, I think your ideal look would be shaving down to a 90s heartthrob goatee. <laughs> You know, like Skeet Ulrich. I was going to say, he is seconds away from mentioning <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> a person the rich man's Johnny Depp. Who I have no association with outside of Matt talking about him. Oh, you got to watch Riverdale. you got to watch Scream. Oh, wow. Is he, it's Riverdale. So Skeet Ulrich's still starring in things. Yeah, oh, yeah. Going. He's, he's uh, Jughead's dad in is, Riverdale. Is he a teacher? Oh, I don't. Hey, I think he was like, did he play like a reverend in some show about a spooky reverend? A spooky reverend. <laughs> yeah, a spooky maybe. rev. Should we start the podcast? Yeah, I reckon probably. I've had enough. Jess just flipped me off. Okay. It's going to be one of those kind of games, is it? It was a visual thing. You didn't have to narrate it. I, I like everyone to know what you like <laughs> off mic. <laughs> you sound so sweet. I am. But your hand just. You little fuck. Your hand just is uh, unforgivable. <laughs> They are obscene. You'd be cancelled if people could see your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Humphrey. Happy birthday, Humphrey. Still not true. So, Humphrey's birthday lines up with the birthday of Who Knew It <laughs> with Matt Stewart. Wow. Absolutely. You're right. It's beautiful. That's nice. We were all thinking it. I don't right, know how down. I would feel if somebody described me as uncommon beauty. Yeah. It doesn't it's, feel like a it's compliment. Like, it's like something you're like, you look a bit weird, but I'm weirdly attracted yeah, to it's you. Like, yes. It's like, you know, she's unconventionally beautiful. Yeah. I hate when people say that. It's like, I want to fuck her, but I can't figure out what? why. This is so perplexing. <laughs> I want to fuck her, but I think I'll be judged for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't want any photos. <laughs> Who does? Normally, yeah, normally I get a photographer in. Yeah. <laughs> but not this time. Not this time. Polaroids only. <laughs> You'd throw them a, what, a five, six star review? I only do. Uh, the lowest I'll do is like a three and a half. Usually everybody gets a four, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm a review like if that. If I don't like it, don't I'm not review reviewing it. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not giving you a one or two. What the fuck do I know? Hey, here, it's also like going out of your way to give people a shit review seems like a weird thing to do. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying that to anyone in particular or anyone who might have reviewed me in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not bitter about it in the system. I'm just saying review like I review, uh, you know, taxis and Ubers and stuff. Anything less than the worst experience in your life, yeah. five stars. If I, and, unless I feared for my life, five stars. But then you read the review and you realise that they do have that system and that you're out of common <laughs> yeah, the worst experience right. of their life. <laughs> they ah. feared for their life. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. She's crazy. I thought she was going to kill me. Oh, my God. If you fear for your life, still four stars? Yeah, yeah. probably a four and then, like, yeah. It's only if you lose your life it's no a zero. No tip. <laughs> then three. Yeah. No yeah. tip, that's for whoa, sure. Whoa, I, don't, I don't want to be too negative. <laughs> we want Is chump is a, is a dog food? Is that chump? Chum. Oh, chum. Oh, is it chump? No, no I don't think it's no, a chump. You're right, it's chump. So ch- but it's so chumpy you can carve it. No, chunky. Yeah. But do you think that they could change the, the lyrics for next year's election and they could change it to Trump and that could be his campaign song? Yeah. And they could get some sweet- coin i'll come if if they do play zoe let me know i'll come up to epic new south wales to catch bricks of uncommon beauty for sure probably an easy gig to get the trump 
campaign. That chump, that's one of my favourite ads of all time. You remember that ad where there's there's a guy driving along and there's a little Scotty dog on the side of the yeah. road and the door opens. We don't see the guy, but he goes, Lost dog fella. Come on, hop in. But he says it with a Scottish accent. Lost dog fella. <laughs> <laughs> you really lose it after that, though. But the lost yeah. dog fella, you're doing well. Thank you. But the rest is dog shit. I reckon the Scottish listeners will agree that I did oh, yeah. fantastically They're at like, that Whoop. first bit. <laughs> They're taking their headphones off. They're like, is, is somebody there? talking to me in this Sorry. room? Sorry. I did. A fellow Scottish person? I knew Stuart was a Scottish name, but I never put the, t- the two together. <laughs> I'd love to show you one of the ones that I've written down. I'll do a quick change, but that's amazing. <laughs> one letter different. <laughs> That's so good. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I don't know how that happened. Uh, Just for the listeners at home, uh, it was definitely Jess who kicked over a coffee then. No, it was the, I think it was the the lead. lead. I blame Francois Big Peen for that, Dave. So really, that was you. (laughs) Where did you pull those from? Pocket? They're from my pocket. Well done. Dave's always ready. Um, listeners to do go on will know that Dave is always ready to spring into action with a spill. Once I knocked a bottle of water onto my laptop and uh, Dave was up like a flash oh, more. while I was making peace the, with the fact I've lost my computer. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave was quickly saving flew it. into action. Uh, he's done the same with this little patch of carpet. No, it's actually I was about good. to put it in the bin. <laughs> he saved the day. Dave. I think that if we had a nickname for Dave, you know, like that, it would be Dave the Day Saver. Yes, I agree. And yours would be Dime. Jess. <laughs> Mine would be Ross. Ross. Yours would be Jess Big Peen. <laughs> <laughs> bastard Jess. No, let's be honest, it would be Bastard Jess. <laughs> oh. I'm Bastard Paul. <laughs> I'm Ralph the Ass Hair. <laughs> I'm Francois Pain. <laughs> no, no, Francois Big Pain. No, Francois no. Common Big Pain. You're just Francois Pain. Can I be Francois Big Pain in the chat? Nah. Oh. <laughs> I just won't go, lie in the not, chat, mate. Just label him Francois Pain. <laughs> yeah, Pain. <laughs> I want it. These will be all out. What's our band's name? Oh, Just in the House. So these, are, you know, some bands will get their own names. Joey Ramones, stuff like that in the Ramones. Mm-hmm. We all have a surname, Peen. <laughs> I'm Rick Peen. <laughs> Rick Peen is awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Rick Peen? <laughs> Holy shit. That's a rock star. How do you spell Francois again? F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. Yes. Probably with a little flick over Francois one of the letters. Francois Peen. And Dave's going to be Rick Peen. Rick Peen. <laughs> I'm staying Bastard Paul. Bastard Paul Pain. is a, gr- a great name for a punk rock bass player. Oh, or for sure. Oh, that's Bastard Paul. So, he's, and is Rick Peen leading man energy? <laughs> yeah, totally. Saran, what's your, ba- what's your name in the band? Um, <laughs> e Ross. <laughs> PGH Brick. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you're, Ross. A, you're a brick of uncommon beauty. <laughs> yeah. Um, um Snargent Orange. <laughs> <laughs> or Snarge. Oh, Snarge. You're very efficient, Paul. Yeah, thank you for saying that. While well, there's two fucking slow pokes over here. Honestly, can I say 
Jess, you've been quick, you've been concise, yep. and your answers have been consistently of a very high quality. Matthew! That's very kind. Thank you. I don't know how you do it. Laziness. Are you cheating? <laughs> <laughs> Are you you've cheating? Got, you, you brought them all pre-prepared. <laughs> okay. I'm just copy and pasting, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, do you have any feedback for Dave? His answers have been long. <laughs> They've been silly. And honestly... He's really dilly-dallied. Well, blame the AI that I'm using, okay, Jess? <laughs> I haven't had an original thought in about seven years. <laughs> so, Dave, your dog is turning how many today? <laughs> how many? I'd say that like a your child. Your dog is turning how many? <laughs> your do- how old is your Humphrey turning? Humphrey is four years old today. The listeners want to know, Dave. He's four. The listeners deserve to and know. We've bought him a, a stuffed toy that we're going to give him as soon as we get home. What is it? What's the stuffed toy? It's a stuffed little teddy bear. So cute. But it's made of like a supposedly impenetrable fur that oh, he bullshit. won't chew apart in about bullshit. six seconds. Bullshit. He absolutely will. He absolutely will. Yep. Four years old. Wow. They grow up so fast. They do. Is it... Does it Dogs sort of get to their adult size in a year or something. Is that right? How long are they a puppy for? Yeah, they grow. He grew full size within a year, but then they're, they're pretty puppyish for a couple of years. Very much was right. hyperactive for a long, long time. He's maybe sl- starting to calm down only. Just oh, now. that it's not just size; it's like temperament energy, yeah. and energy is also. Goose has calmed down in the last few weeks, and he just turned three. And, like, just as he was approaching his third birthday, I was like, you're mellowing out, dude. Did you tell him to pull, his, pull himself together? Yeah, I had a word with him. <laughs> you're three now, mate. I was like, stop embarrassing me. Other dogs look up to you, okay? Okay, you're a role model. All right? For Start acting dogs. like it. Okay? Or I'll take away one of your beds. <laughs> you don't need four. You are one dog. That's a lot of beds. Yes, yeah, too many beds. Will Bill's grandson... When Bill's grandsons come for a... Some, when Bill's... imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.